There's a ton you can learn by investing even in just one or two deals, but our guest today has invested in over 18 syndications over the course of 30 plus years in assets ranging from multifamily to medical offices, land, and even new construction. He's won a ton, he's lost a couple, and he's come on today to tell you about his experience so you can make great decisions as a passive real estate investor. This is the Passive Real Estate Strategies Podcast, where we educate career-driven individuals who have tapped out their earning potential, learn about passive real estate investing, so you can continue building your wealth without compromising your time or taking on more responsibilities. I'm your host and managing partner at Realm Investors, a multifamily syndication group who has helped multiply millions of dollars for our passive investors. Thanks for tuning in and let's get on with the show. Hey listeners, welcome back to another episode of Passive Real Estate Strategies. Today, I am sitting down with a phenomenal guest, Trevor Thompson. Now, Trevor and I have met through, we've been in a couple masterminds together, a couple of groups with very, very high level operators, both on the active and the passive investing side of real estate. And Trevor is such a phenomenal guy. He has such vast experience on both sides of the coin, being active and being passive. And I knew that his experience would be invaluable to people who are interested in passive real estate strategies. So Trevor, thank you so much. We're excited to have you on the show. I'm excited to be here. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So tell us you know, a little bit about you. You have been involved in quite a few passive investments. They've been syndications, correct? Yeah. Everything I've done to date has been the syndication of some. There's one that wasn't really a syndication. It was more like an, you would refer to as a hard money loan, but it was very similar concept of it. So I've invested in 18 different syndications on a completely passive side mm-hmm. and two on the active side. And I still passively invest in my own active deals. And I've also done a variety of things that I've invested in. So mostly multifamily, mostly in Texas, but I do have retail, medical center, single family home fund, and a new build storage. And then I have everything from deep value add in the multifamily to a brand new, you know, A plus uh, class new development in Houston. I've got all the gamut. That's fantastic. So, so sounds like passive came first for you. Definitely. Yeah. You know, I always wanted to get into real estate and interestingly enough at our first team meeting, you know, 23 years ago, they gave everybody a copy of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I read it and I was like blown away by the concepts of it, but I did what a lot of people do. I put it back on the shelf and kept living my life. Right. So I was afraid of toilet tenants and trash. I didn't understand about passive investing at all. And so I just kind of didn't do anything. And then our company got bought out by another company. So I had a payday. So I no longer had the excuse I had to have no money. So I started researching, how can I start investing in real estate? And then once I got, you know, went to a couple of those weekend seminars, you know, where they tell you, pay us $50,000, we'll show you how to buy an office building on a credit card. <laughs> no, i down a little bit. Don't fall for that, people. Uh, yeah. you know. And I even joined a program, maybe not the best one, but at least it got me started in the right direction. But my, when I finally figured out that you can passively invest in these deals, Google across the reliance of you know proper good operators, um, it blew my mind. And so I started passing very 
investing very, very quickly um, into different deals. And then, you know, through time, I invested in different types for a couple of reasons. One was a different strategy. You know, at the beginning, I didn't need cash flow. I wanted to do wealth creation, right? So new projects, land development, those things are all very much wealth creation type things where value add is, you know, if, if everything goes right and you sell it within the three to five years, they have it up. Then at the end, you get kind of all of your money at the end. And so there's different ways to look at how, how your money goes and what it does. Yeah. And I think that that's so critical because there's so many different types of investments out there. And, and we work with investors of all types, people who really want to do new builds and they invest in new build apartments and people who want heavy cash flow and, and they don't you know, really want that primary market because the cash flow has just been sucked out of there. Uh, they want to go a little bit further out. So at what time period did this happen? So 18 deals is, is a lot. I started just, eh, what am I thinking? Yeah, 1997. And I started passively investing in my first deal, deals were in real estate. And then, you know, once I got hooked, I started investing more. Then when COVID happened, and I still had about half of my money in the real estate market. And in theory, I woke up one morning and 30% of my net worth was just gone. I waited for a piece of it to come back a little bit and then cut my losses and pulled out. And then over time, I'm, I'm like 97% out of the stock market. And to be honest, the only thing that's left is all my dogs. And I have them all triggered to sell if I break even. Right. So I, I just, I don't need the, you know, and it's only a couple thousand bucks. I don't need it right now. So I got it triggered to sell when it gets up. But as I started learning the power of real estate and the tax advantages of real estate and how I could do different things, um, it just completely opened my eyes. And, you know, I was all in. Yeah. And so tell us how deals have changed over that period of time. Um, Cause right now I mean, we're, Markets get, you know, they come and go. Multifamily has been blowing up over the past couple of years. Uh, you know, industrial was the, the big thing during COVID. And now there's some signs that that's kind of tapering off or maybe that the demand is, isn't as like what it was during COVID because of all the online shopping and all the backed up supply chain. So tell us how deals have changed. Are you looking at them any day? Yeah, they definitely changed a lot. But I want to make one point very, very early on. You need to buy real estate and wait. Don't wait to buy real estate. It's always a good time to buy real estate. You just need to know what you're buying and have they taken all of the things into consideration. So clearly, a lot of deals have gotten a lot tighter because the interest rates have gone up. And also, the loan to value has decreased. So now you're paying more for your money and getting less money. And you, so you need to raise more investor money. And investor money is your most expensive money right? It's the most expensive money that you're going to get in the deal. So, you know, before you used to be able to do it on, you know, 25% of the deal was investor money. And now maybe it's 35%. It changes the dynamics of a deal. So you really just want to be careful that you're, you're dealing with an operator that has some experience and has put some realistic projections in place. So I'll give you an example, right? Rents have gone skyrocketing. Well, now they're really slowing down. Okay, but costs have skyrocketed. So like six months ago, you were seeing these people saying, oh, we're going to get 10% rent bumps and 2% cost bumps. And I would say, well, hold on a minute. Like, you know, we're, we're in an inflation of like, you know, almost 10%. This is ridiculous. 
you know, you're not going to be able to sustain that. So you've got to understand those things. And then how sustainable is 10% a year rent increases, right? It's not sustainable. And then the market you invest becomes much more important. That's the biggest thing you need to watch out for, right? You want to invest in a market that is growing, right? Jobs are coming to it. You know, I've invested a lot in Texas, got one investment in Arizona, one in South and one in North Carolinas. Okay. And so I've made sure that I'm in all of those states, people are moving to, and there's not enough housing to house all the people that are coming here. There are places where people are leaving, New York, California, all of those things. Then bigger picture, there are places that just aren't a great place to invest because they're not friendly. Doesn't mean you can't make money in Washington state. I got a friend, she makes a pile of money in Washington state, but she understands the market. She understands the plan, but she's only playing an appreciation game. And if appreciation stops happening, then there's no cash flow. There's no this. Um, turns out not to be as good of a deal. So yeah, I really got to understand, but like I, again, I mostly invest in central Texas and central Texas is not fire, right? I was very fortunate to live. That makes it hard to find a good deal. Uh, and yeah. you know, there were a lot of people that I think overpaid for their properties. They've underestimated what they bought it on a bridge loan, which means now in a year, they're going to need to get another loan. And if interest rates are too high, their business plan is not going to work. So they're going to have to sell to get out just to keep the capital safe. Yeah. So I'm hoping to catch a few of those deals. Yeah, exactly. How have you seen, so do you, have you seen returns or projections change over the your, your long life as an investor? I mean, were there heavier cash flow deals before and now maybe you're not quite seeing those? Yeah, yeah it's definitely late markets, right? That that happens. Your cash flow kind of gets sucked out. You're not buying the, the 10, 12 caps like a lot of people said they did. You know, 20, 30 years ago in some of these markets. So tell us a little bit about the returns. Like, what are you seeing different? Yeah, so I've always looked at it as a total return. So I've always focused on IRR, internal rate of turn, which is kind of my time value of money. Right. So I've not looked at it other metrics, but clearly things have changed, right? there, There is clearly not going to be the cash on cash that you got before. There's just not going to be the cash flow. Um, and you need to make sure you understand that, right? Used to be there was no cash flow till we got the value add play. Well, no, you're actually losing money till you get the value add play. Then you're breaking even when you get the value add play. And then then there's the hope on the sale for the, you know, to catch up and get everything to where it plays out on a balance. So you need to understand that. Particularly, you need to understand what do I need my money to do for me? So for example, I've invested in a new build. It's going to be a great deal. You know, they bought it back. They got the they got all the pricing confirmed before the world went completely crazy and locked all of their goods and supplies under contract. You know, so they're building an A plus property at about a hundred and fifty thousand dollars a door, and like down the street, they're selling for two hundred and thirty thousand dollars a door. Yeah, um, so right there, you can look at it and go, okay, but you got to remember, there's no cash flow from this deal. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no anything and. They'll get just a bit, little bit of cash flow near the end, and then they'll sell it. They try to get the highest use of time, money in the shortest period of time. That's what syndicators do. They right? that's the magic. That's why all these deals are three to five years. Um, sometimes they're seven. Very rare for somebody to sell you a ten-year deal. Um, we're too impatient in America to wait ten years. But again, 
So you just got to understand what's going to happen. How is my money going to come back to me? And at the time I invested in that, I still had my W-2 job. I got let go with COVID. And so I didn't need cash flow. In fact, cash flow is a bit annoying because like, I had to figure out and track it and figure out now I got to go spend it somewhere or invest it somewhere, but it's not enough. So I was perfectly happy like to get my money later when, when the property sold. Hey, investor, did you know that we wrote an ebook that covers the three truly passive real estate strategies that exist to retail investors? Head to the link in the show notes and download our free ebook, The Definitive Guide to Passive Real Estate Strategies. We'll walk you through the three truly passive investment strategies so you can build your wealth without sacrificing your time or compromising your hours. Head to the show notes and get your free download. Let's get back to the show. Yeah, it's interesting seeing uh, cash flow as a burden. I think that's a great spot that a lot of people <laughs> to be in. What have you found? Are you still heavy and bullish in multifamily or are you looking more on other things like you had mentioned retail and you're doing some storage, some build? Yes. So, so I, I definitely want to get a little bit more in the storage space. And and I like, I, I didn't mention, I don't know if I even mentioned, I have one medical investment. Yes. And I, again, the medical investment, it's not a big win. That one's only a 10% prep. But I have my retirement money in it, and I'm quite happy to leave that sit at a 10% prep, right? Yeah. That, that's okay by me. I know what I'm getting. Every quarter, I get my money. You know, so it's very good. So I like that medical space. So, And then the only other space that I, I haven't done yet, because it doesn't really fit my current model, and they're actually starting to syndicate Airbnb deals and, you know, vacation rent. And I really thought about that market, but to be honest, I've been a bit afraid of it because most of the markets I'm in don't like it and treat it terribly. Mm -hmm. And so you could buy five houses in Austin and the next thing you know, the rules change. Um, so I've been a bit intimidated by it. But And then storage is great just because we get so much junk and you know <laughs> we can't afford to buy a big house anymore. So we're in a, stuck in a small apartment and you know we're, we're trying to, to make it work. Um, and we got to put our stuff in storage. Yeah, absolutely. And I totally agree. You know, with Airbnb, it's something that I'm very skittish on as well. I just, a lot of real estate investors don't tend to love government action. And yes. so when you add a snap of a finger, your whole business model can be ruined. Uh, yeah. you know, it, it's it's very eerie. I don't think I'd have a- And even a homeowner's association. Right. You, know, you end up and you don't really understand what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, and again, don't get me wrong. There are people that are making money in this pond. Yeah. I just haven't been, felt comfortable enough to give them my money. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, one, one word of caution I always tell people if they're getting into the Airbnb game is make sure to me, my advice is to make sure that the deal works as a long-term rental as well. And, you know, if you have to have that juiced cash flow with the Airbnb to make the mortgage, it's not quite a game that I, I typically recommend playing. But, but yeah, those are becoming popular, especially with these very high-end luxury Airbnbs where they're, they're buying at- And then this new arbitrage where you don't even own it. Yeah. That <laughs> my mind. Like, yep. there's this guy that keeps reaching out to me and trying to connect it. He makes like $10,000 a month on arbitrage. He owns nothing. Yeah. Yeah, there's always like, a free market. To that's a strange model. Like I don't go to bed at night sleeping well, right? The reason I've invested in real estate is I like to own real assets, right? So I like to go to bed at night and go, okay, I own this nice apartment complex. There's people sleeping there. We're taking care of them. They need a place to live. That makes me feel secure. And that's why I like investing in real estate. Got it, got it. So tell us over your, your time 
with 18 deals as an LP, and then you have uh, more as a, as an active partner. Have you ever lost money on a deal? Have you ever lost money or have you, you know, I'm sure at some point projections are missed, but have you ever lost? I've never lost money. My first two passes only did repay the capital. They, they were tr- struggled deals. I've learned a lot since then about what I should have looked for. They really underestimated taxes and insurance, two things that have gone crazy in Texas. And, you know, that miscalculation is substantial. Taxes insurance is a huge part of a Texas syndication deal. And they miscalculated that. On the active side, I've lost $75,000 because you had to put this scary thing called hard money down. <laughs> yep. What had happened was I joined the deal and the other people had bought extensions with non-refundable hard money. Yeah. We really thought we could close. So I put another $75,000 down. And it was six months and we ended up losing all of that money. But all of the passive investors, you know, we had $6 million of the passive investor money sitting in the bank. All of that was returned. And several of us rolled into other deals and allowed them to move their money almost seamlessly. Good, good. So tell us about, you know, I I hate to to focus in on the negative because there's so many deals that go very, very right. And if you have 18 as an LP and you have, you said not lost money, but two that were, ah, you wish you didn't do one. That's still great ratios, right? And and again, that didn't happen in the stock market, right? You know, but I didn't get my money back when it all crashed after, you know, during, you know, now it went back up and maybe if I left it there, you know, but who knows that market? It's very volatile. So tell us about that. The the tax savings on multifamily, right? Yeah. So once I started getting the, the advantage, so in theory, when I had my W-2, I could earn all my passive income tax-free. Mm-hmm. That's pretty impressive. And then as a professional real estate investor, I can almost pay no taxes, right? Love him or hate him. You know, when Donald Trump said he didn't pay taxes because I'm smart, <laughs> well, that's why he's not paying taxes. He does these things. And just to give you an idea, one of my first deals right was happened right when I was during COVID and I got let go. So I switched my status to full-time real estate investor. I put $50,000 in a deal. I got a $46,000 passive loss that I could put against my my severance pay that was paid yeah. over the 21 weeks of working. And yep. so I got all that income tax back and I managed to reinvest it. Well, where in the world can you get, in theory, this phantom money back, right? Not like somebody paid me for it, but I didn't pay the taxes. And I could take that money and reinvest it in real estate. Yes, there's going to be a recapture. That deal is sold. But still, the fact that I could, in theory, double use my money exactly. was very powerful. I think that's huge. So tell us you know, a little bit more about those deals. You had mentioned something that I want to focus in on is, you know, there. I don't remember the exact wording, but essentially there was something that you, you know, if you were to do see those deals today, you know, 18 years under your, 18 uh, deals under your belt, you maybe wouldn't do them. What are some of the things that you wish you saw? What are some things that you look for now that you say, oh, no, no, the first deals that did go so good had this one of doing them? Yeah, definitely spend more time researching the syndicator and the partners who I'm going to give my money to, you know, and and I got myself educated, which you can do by watching these YouTubes, reading books, I'm going to different webinars, joining mentorship programs. So definitely I learned that I needed to get more education. At the time, you know, I didn't have enough education to really analyze. And then I've, so the, the one of my deals that have gone full cycle and has been my best one to date, you know, I tell the story that I actually spent a year 
And I was interested in asset manager and these guys had asset management course and they had a free one and then they had a paid one and I paid for it. And then I went to every educational thing they offered, every meetup that they spoke at. And what I really liked about it was their honesty, right? They didn't only talk about their wins, they talked about their challenges and how th through their skills as great asset managers, you know, they, they overcame it, right? So I spent like a year studying these guys. I invested in them. They three times my money in 20 months. And luckily they had an investment waiting for me right when my money got out and I rolled it right into the next one yeah. um, because we built that trust. Now, will three times your money in 20 months happen on a regular basis? Absolutely not, right? That, that is a phenomenon of, of a very hot market and getting out before any softening, any interest yeah. rate challenges. And that even included one retrade where the price was lowered when the loan proceeds uh, were lowered. Yeah. Um, and, and we still all got out at 3x our money, um, which is very good. So you're looking at the operators. That's, that's your deep dive. Uh, that is my deep dive. Who am I getting my money to is number one. So I want to know who. So I call that the, the jockey, right? So I look at it as a racetrack. So I look at the jockey and I'm betting on a jockey. Then I'm betting on a horse and the horse is the asset class. You know, so I want to mix it up a little bit because I'm fortunate to be able to fuse. So I've got some land deals, some new builds, some medical centers, and I'm mixing up what they are. And then the track is where they are. Okay. So, and what they are is big variety, right? And I've got everything from brand new A plus luxury living yeah. from, you know, pretty scary deep value ad, right? I've got that whole gamut. And then, you know, medical center, they're not big. They're what I call steady as you go, right? They're, they're just... Tenants there are paying leases. They're they're on a what's called a, a true triple net lease, which means the investors have no risk. The tenants have all the risk. If the roof right. goes, the tenants have to pay for it. The landlord doesn't. If a roof goes on a multifamily, the the syndicate pays to fix the roof. Yeah, um, you know, so it takes a lot of the risk out. So again, you can be pretty satisfied with a less return, but a safe return. And then the, and then the the track is where. Right. So I've talked a little bit about that, that I stay a lot in Texas, Arizona, and Carolinas. I'm still interested in a couple of other places, Florida and whatever, but I'm looking for pro business states, pro landlord states, and syndicators that are active in a market. So not only do I know, like, and trust them, they've got deals there. And yeah. it's not their, it's not like they live in Chicago. They bought a property in Phoenix, Arizona. Nobody even lives in Arizona. And they don't even understand Arizona because they don't live there. Right. Um, I want to make sure that they, they understand the market that they're going to and that one of the partners in it can, can get to the property, um, learn about the area. Because I'll be honest, even within a city, every, everything is different, right? You know, yeah. you go to one property here and then you drive across the highway to that property there. And it's like, woo, this is night and day. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I mean, Trevor, this has been so invaluable. I think anytime that people can come in and if they're an aspiring investor potentially, or maybe they've gotten one or two deals uh, and to, to say, hey, how can I get you know 18 deals worth of knowledge and jam pack in a, you know, 20, let's call it 25 minutes after the editing is all done is just so invaluable. So Thank you so much for coming on. I think this has been fantastic. What is the best way? What's the best way for people to get a hold of you? And maybe who so I'm very active on LinkedIn and I accept more people. Facebook, I'm a little personal and so I'm a little more cautious. But LinkedIn, 
basically all you got to say is I watched you on a podcast and boom, we're accepted. I'll be happy to set up a meeting to talk one-on-one. I'm very open. You know, everybody was so kind to me when I first started. So I feel pay it forward for sure. You know, I always say real estate when I'm doing it, I got one hand behind me pulling people forward and I'm still hanging out of the hand of the person in front of me pulling me forward. And then my website is niagara-investments.com. And it's because I'm from Niagara Falls, Canada. That's where I'm originally from. So if you reach out there and my, my email is pretty easy, ktt at niagara-investments.com. And you'll find I'm very responsive. And I have a YouTube channel. And so I post things up there. I also post education, make book recommendations, all of the different things. So I try to provide a lot of educational value as well. Well, that's fantastic. Listeners, we're going to put all of that content in the show notes. If you want to get in touch with Trevor, he's a fantastic guy. You know, like I said, we've met in a couple of masterminds and a couple of groups that we've been putting together. Uh, always super open. And so I knew I had to have them on the show. Um, we're going to put all of that, all the links in the show notes while you're there. If you haven't already, of course, make sure you download our free ebook, The Definitive Guide to Passive Real Estate Strategies. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks so much, Trevor. Thank you. Well, that's it for today's show. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you're looking to learn more about passive real estate investments, make sure you head to our show notes and download our free ebook, the definitive guide to passive real estate strategies, where we reveal the ins and outs of the truly passive ways to invest in real estate. We'll see you on the next episode.